Blog Talk Radio. show the best in pro wrestling talk thank you all for tuning in apologies to all you guys are waiting to hear from us had some tech difficulties trying to figure out took me a bit but we'll give you an hour an abbreviated version but abbreviated is better than nothing so we're going to give you our wrestlemania reaction uh last weekend raw reaction to get you set for tonight's monday night raw uh all in the time span of an hour you want to give us a call, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Check us out on Facebook. We got the, the talk thread going on right now on our Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Show chat going on now. We'll have a raw chat going on uh during Monday Night Raw this evening. So you want to head over there, like the page. And then get on board the talk. Check us out on Twitter. Our Twitter is at the Ken Reedy Show. That is our Twitter handle. And our website is thekenreedyshow.com. You can check us out also on 1640 via iTunes. Go to iTunes, do a search, and check out 1640 PWPR. It is a wrestling network. Lots of great shows, including ours, on that network. And it is free to subscribe. If it's free, then it is for me. So head on over there. Check that out. Again, 1640PWPR. And it is because it's an abbreviated edition, we're going to get right into it because at this time, every show, we do the news and we can't leave you hanging without the news. So I'm going to bring my tag team partner on the line. He's going to get you well informed. So here is Dave with the 5050 Day 5 News Report. After a WrestleMania hiatus and technical difficulties, it seems, we are back. This is the Day 550-50 News Report, brought to you in part by the Evolution in Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio and more, 1640 PWPR. Subscribe for free on iTunes right now to find out what this groundbreaking network is all about. 50,000-plus downloads can't be wrong. Now let's get into it with the post-WrestleMania scoops for you this week. We were all witness to a multitude of surprises over the WrestleMania week festivities in Dallas, and one of those surprises was former TNA World Heavyweight Champion Bobby Roode spotted in the front row at the NXT TakeOver Dallas special. PW Insider reported last week that Roode had actually signed a contract with WWE a week prior to that appearance. However, according to Roode himself, he has not officially signed yet, but is pretty close to reaching an agreement. Rude did go on to say that if and when he signed the deal, that he would formally announce it himself. If signing with WWE, Bobby Rude is expected to sign immediately. Speaking of signings, during the WrestleMania week festivities, former WWE and TNA star MVP announced that he was officially a member of the widely popular promotion Lucha Underground. MVP was seen at Whale Mania, nightclub party hosted by the rapper Whale, in Dallas with Lucha Underground talent Chavo Guerrero sporting a Lucha Underground t-shirt, confirming to fans in attendance that he was officially signed. Not too long after that, news came out from MVP himself that his Lucha Underground deal had been terminated effective immediately. 
Reasons behind his termination stem from a clause in his contract that the company claims he breached by interviewing members of the roster for his very own podcast. As of now, this is the only confirmation we have at this moment, as Lucha Underground has yet to comment on the matter. Third story this week, the Wrestling Observer reports that independent wrestling star Cedric Alexander is rumored to be on WWE's radar for the upcoming Global Cruiserweight Series on the WWE Network this summer. Alexander, who has had a lengthy run with Ring of Honor, is currently a free agent and is not under contract to Ring of Honor, which makes him eligible for participation in this series. In our fourth story, two individuals who are a part of this Cruiserweight series and are now also signed to WWE NXT are Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Both men signed with WWE over WrestleMania weekend, according to multiple wrestling media outlets. The duo signed a rather unique deal with WWE that is being described as an NXT touring contract. The deal allows both men to still take independent dates outside of NXT, along with receiving a higher salary than a talent under a standard WWE development deal. Other terms in the contract also include not having to work the ring crew for NXT events they are scheduled for, not having to relocate to Florida or work out at the WWE Performance Center, and one last important detail in regards to their contract is that WWE has first priority on dates that the talents work. As of this time, some are assuming that this deal is under a trial period until the company decides to sign the tandem to an exclusive contract. And in our final story this week, according to WrestlingInc.com, Ricochet, also known as Prince Puma in Lucha Underground, could be headed to WWE. Now, despite confirmation, there seems to be evidence leaning in that direction after the New Japan Pro Wrestling Invasion Attack event this past week. Ricochet and Matt Seidel, the former Evan Bourne, dropped their IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships to Rapongi Vice on that card. And to add even further speculation to this rumor, Ricochet took the pinfall loss in that match. Also at this weekend's Lucha Underground tapings, it was also insinuated that the Prince Puma character wouldn't be returning for Season 3, as Ricochet's character was possibly written off of Lucha Underground TV. And he has the ability to get out of his contract after Season 3, which is filming right now. Ricochet took to Twitter this afternoon claiming that he will not be a part of the WWE Global Cruiserweight Series, as he will be in Japan during that time. Speculation is that Ricochet is downplaying, downplaying his signing with WWE until it's official. WWE is interested in several other talents from Lucha Underground other than Ricochet, but they will not make a serious play for them until Season 3 is finished airing sometime in early 2017. Names of the talents WWE is interested in is unknown at this time. And there you have it. Thank you all for tuning in to another edition of the Dave 55050 News Report, abbreviated, I might add. Tune in next week right here at the top of the hour for more of the latest news in the world of professional wrestling. I'm Diamond Dave Rosenblum signing off. Now let's take it back to Mr. Ken Reedy himself to set the wheels in motion for tonight's episode. Ken, take it away. Yeah, good stuff, Dave, as always. Before we get into the WrestleMania talk, uh, just let everyone know, again, uh, wishing our producer... Producer of the show, the all-star Michelle D. She will be contending for the first-ever IWF Women's Championship this Saturday at IWF's Loud and Proud. So we're all here at the show wishing her good luck. If you'd like to get tickets to that show, lots of great matches scheduled for the card. Uh, you can go to CampIWF.com. But uh, tickets are going fast, so we're going to be sold out probably soon. So if you want tickets, get on that. But again, good luck to our producer, all-star Michelle D. Bring home the gold. And let's get into it. You know, it's interesting, Dave. You know, I was down in Texas. Uh, you watched it on TV. So, you know, I say this to a lot of people. Um, you know, when you watch wrestling, especially WrestleMania, uh, it's such a different feel watching it on TV and watching it there. You know, when you're there, you can get really caught up with the the pomp and circumstance and just the, the enormity of the event. Whereas when you watch it on TV, I think you can watch it with a more critical eye and, uh, you know, you probably get better angles and you may or may not get uh, live. I guess sometimes maybe when you're live, maybe you see some things that you won't see on TV. So it's interesting as we break down uh, uh, what was WrestleMania 32. And right now, just to let you guys know, I'm coming at this completely uh, from my experience being there live. I, I'm going to watch it again uh, but I have not had a chance yet to watch it on the network, so uh, I've only watched it live so far. Um, interestingly enough, this is one 
You know, and, and these are one of those things where, like, when we do the show, like, I wish we took stats. But I, I got to guess that this has got to be, if not the worst WrestleMania, uh, perhaps even the worst pay-per-view we've ever had on this show as far as making picks. We got three well, right. Three. Well, I, I, I have to correct you. But. Together, we tied to go three and eight. However, I take sole claim and responsibility for having the worst picks on this show. If you remember <laughs> last year, in June, at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, I went one and seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I still hold the record of, the, of, of having the worst picks for pay-per-views on this show. But continue. But this has got to be our worst WrestleMania then. Oh, definitely, definitely, without a doubt. Yeah, crazy stuff. Um, you know, and some of the stuff, I, you know, when I looked at, like, I, you know, the Callisto Ryback uh, kind of had me scratching my head a bit. Um, you know, Baron Corbin I was fine with. I think we were both, you know, hoping for that feel-good moment for Mark Henry. Um, the Usos, Dudleys, uh, you know, kind of curious about that and where exactly they're going to go with the Usos. Um you know, AJ, I was okay with, especially to see where AJ's going now. I get it. I get why Jericho won. I know a lot of people were outraged. Um, you know, I guess New Day had to eat the loss just to uh, bring Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels and Mick Foley back. And to be honest with you, that got the biggest pop, I think. Uh, being there live, that got the biggest pop. So, um, a mixed bag at best, I think, looking at Mania. Uh, for, for myself, live... Um, the crowd was hot, but not – I've been in hotter WrestleMania crowds, and uh, for 100,000 people, yeah, I, I kind of I, – I, I don't think the WWE – if you're going to say they delivered or didn't deliver, I don't think they delivered. Um, I think you can look at Mania. I don't think it's one of the worst Manias ever. It's definitely not one of the best either. It, it's a It's a mid-ground – uh, WrestleMania. It was like it was like one of those things where it was a decent wrestling card, um, but it didn't live up to like that special feeling of, of WrestleMania. Um, you know, some of the matches were very good. Some of the matches were mediocre. Uh, I do think that that Triple H and Reigns for us in the crowd, uh, it left us a little flat. I think the crowd was a little flat outside of the Reigns hatred, and that's something we get into as well. But outside of that, I think the match itself left people flat. Um, to me, the best part of that match is Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie just, oh, my God, she looked hot that night. And her intro of Triple H just was awesome. So, uh, you know, it's a little like I have a little crush on Stephanie, so I'll just admit that. But um, other than that, I thought the match was kind of uh, kind of left you a little flat. Um, and I kind of got that impression from the crowd, but there was never um, there was really never a moment where you felt like the crowd was at a fever pitch, and a sustained fever pitch. Uh, there were pops here and there, but it really wasn't that. Oh my God! Like this is WrestleMania kind of feel to it, and that's what it was like live. Um, you know, I think it was. You know, people can bash it, but again, I don't think it was horrible. But I don't think it was it lived up to WrestleMania standards uh, from my perspective being there live. And we'll get into specifics. But, Dave, you were watching it on TV, so you have a different perspective. You could probably be a little more analytical watching it on TV. Uh, your thoughts overall on the card? Well, for the weekend – well, before I get into the, the card, for the weekend itself, I mean, from an – I'd like to call it an in-home perspective because I viewed – you know, everything that went on during WrestleMania weekend from the comfort of my, my own home. Um, going into it, you didn't have as big of a WrestleMania feel, but it had a tendency to build up a little bit as each day went on. The stuff you see on social media, the events like the Hall of Fame, the NXT TakeOver special, WrestleMania. Um, you know, it, it slowly but surely, they did the best with what they could with the roster that they have. The injuries really took a beating on them. And, they and you know, they pulled a few rabbits out of the hat in terms of, you know, some surprises with the legends, and it got good pops. And, I mean, it didn't re- – I mean, it certainly wasn't as good as last year's um, WrestleMania, obviously, which I still rank as, like, a top five of all time. Um, but, I mean, you know, just, like, looking at it from, like, you know – 
of a viewing perspective of, you know, watching it at home. Um, I wouldn't say it had that Super Bowl of wrestling feel to it, but looking at it, it looked like it was a big deal, like a like a like a pretty big deal of a show, you know. Like I w- I would rate this WrestleMania as like a really good SummerSlam, like for me personally. Like um, it, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst either. I mean, you know, it, you you kind of felt the, the the WrestleMania buzz as like you said the Hall of Fame. Like you see all the old timers come out and. And, and that they make appearances and as the weekend drew, you know, with the NXT too, that had a big buzz over it. I mean, I know you didn't go to the NXT event, but watching it on TV, I mean, it, it was, it was a, it was a, a, a badass wrestling card. I wish I was there to see that in person and be a part of that energy. Um, WrestleMania on the other hand, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with some of your points about some of the matches and like styles. I wasn't heartbroken that he lost. Um, it worked. Um, you know, the legends coming out. The Austin pop had to be the biggest pop, at, you know, from watching it at home on TV, clearly, because um, he's, you know, he's he's like a folk hero in Texas. So it was it was kind of expected. Um, we'll get into specifics about Undertaker and Shane. I felt extremely disappointed in Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose. I was expecting more out of them. Um, I was expecting Dean, Dean Ambrose to be made into a big star. That didn't happen. Um and, you know, Triple H and Roman Reigns just seemed pretty flat. I agree. Triple H's entrance was awesome. Stephanie nailed it with 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 her, her dialogue. To remember that much dialogue uh, for an entrance like that in front of 100,000 people, I mean, that's, you know, pretty impressive for her as a performer. Um, and the entrance itself was pretty cool. I kind of felt like that with Reigns, though, if you were try- if your if your goal was to make him by the end of that WrestleMania be seen as like the top guy in WWE and the heir apparent to the throne – um, he didn't really do that great of a job because Triple H had this phenomenal entrance and Roman Reigns came out and he looked like, you know, it, 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 he felt very minor league to me watching it on TV. Um, but overall, I thought it was a solid show. I, I can't really complain in terms of, you know, it was, like I said, it wasn't good, but it wasn't great either. And uh, it's not one of the better WrestleManias, but, you know, I, I'm not going to overanalyze it like the internet does. Agreed, and and then let, let's hit on some of those things. I mean, one of the things that you know, I think, which is interesting when you look at like uh, two thirds of the shield, um, and trying to make stars out of these guys. Uh, I mean, and they are stars. I mean, I get it. You know, I'm not I'm not saying they're not stars, um, but like you know, first off, the Lesnar Ambrose match. Um, you know, there was never I, I I again to quote Dusty Rhodes, I thought there would have been a little more plunder, baby, and. I just, and as the WWE Network is, his statue just popped up as I said that, so that's pretty awesome. But um, I just thought there was going to, you would have a feel that Lesnar was in more danger, that Lesnar really could lose this match. And I never thought you actually got that feel. You got the feel that, that Ambrose could take some punishment, um, but I thought that they'd give you a little bit more of, uh, you know, the unique stylings of, of Ambrose is really going to push a guy like Lesnar to the to the limit. And, you know, what Lesnar has done over the past few years, like, they, I mean, I, I guess when you look at the WWE building somebody, um, they've done a great job at building Lesnar. I don't know how realistic it is that anyone can ever beat this guy ever with the way they, they've built him over the past few years. Um, but I just thought there'd be more. Uh, we talked about, you know, on the show that we thought maybe we'd see some some blood in this match or in the Hell in a Cell. We did not, and I, I just thought we would have seen more. I just thought this would have been a, this match would have been a little more violent. Um, again, I thought that there'd be a little more danger, a little uh, a little more of Lesnar kind of being knocked off his game, where you know his his. Uh, you know, winning the match may have been in jeopardy, and I just never got that feel. And again, when you when you set up a match in this manner, um, you know, you know, maybe if it wasn't, uh, you know, a, a hardcore match or no DQ match, uh, you know, maybe it's you don't come off being disappointed. But I got to admit, I was a little disappointed. It wasn't a horrible match, but I expected there to, there to be more more violence, uh, you know, like I said. And uh, that's where I thought that they kind of dropped the ball a bit in this. So, you know, to your point, and, and both of us kind of said, you know, they didn't uh, 
do the best job at building Reigns in in the main event. I don't think they did the the best job at. Uh, I don't think Ambrose came out of WrestleMania looking better than he did going in, and that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought that Ambrose's star would definitely rise coming out of Mania, and I didn't think they succeeded in doing that. I, I agree with you 100%. I, was, I did expect a little more violence in that match, um, not trying to be very bloodthirsty, but I kind of expected Ambrose to you know, throw more caution to the wind uh, with Lesnar, almost kind of like a Jeff Hardy approach in a way. You know, like, he he didn't die trying, you know what I mean? And that's what I was kind of expecting from him. The hype and the build-up all these weeks, you know, with, with the different legends, with the different weapons, and what he could use in the arsenal. And I just felt like he didn't really give a – he didn't really give Lesnar enough. I was kind of hoping that with that kind of approach, even though I expected him to lose the match, that with that kind of approach, um, that – he was going to have a bigger moment in losing similar to the way Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin became a huge star after losing to Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. And, uh, I just, it just didn't happen. Uh, so yeah, I was kind of disappointed in how that, how that, that came about. And I agree with you hundred percent, you know, with Brock Lesnar, who currently on the roster, could you say is believable enough to, beat him like one two three pin him you know what i mean because technically he's never he hasn't been pinned in like two and a half three years since he's been back in wwe and especially since the the streak when he beat undertaker a couple years ago so i I can't really see right now anybody currently on the roster that they could build up to make him a legitimate make a legitimate run at him but you know brock lesnar you know I guess that's what makes him the attraction that he is, is that he's this unbeatable, unconquerable beast. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with him going forward, um, you know, later on this year. But, yeah, Ambrose, to me, I expected a bigger night from him. And, unfortunately, it just didn't come out that way. You know, I want to get into, like, really, because this is uh... – then we're going to go out to the phone, get some of you on hold, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. because I want to get your impression. And I want to tie this into tonight's Raw. Um you know, you have, uh, you know, interesting stuff coming out of WrestleMania because you have the Monday Night Raw the following night. And, you know, to me, being there live, I didn't, I thought, honestly, the crowd that night was trying so hard to be the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania crowd. Uh, a lot of times the chant seemed forced. Um, and I didn't think Raw was great, but I thought it was intriguing because you had a lot of new faces. Um, and it looked like, you know, perhaps things are moving in a different direction going forward. Uh, we'll see if that winds up being a positive. Now, the thing is, like, my, my, I guess, criticism was, all right, so Dave and I both picked Shane McMahon to, to win at, at, at WrestleMania with the idea of Shane is not just going to come back, acknowledge that Raw needs to change, and then not do anything with him. Now, they have they have Taker win fine Undertaker wins, but then you have Vince McMahon in in, in like really a, an odd way which to me psychology wise storytelling whatever you want to say didn't make any sense on why like there's this family blood feud going on between the McMahons and and Vince is like ah yeah here I'll give you Raw and he gives Shane Raw now all these changes that you saw and these new faces you saw on Monday Night Raw last week. They didn't necessarily give Shane credit for, for bringing the new faces on. So it didn't have that feel, storytelling-wise, that things are different because Shane's running it. Shane was on the show minimally, and it was just weird storytelling. And now we, we get word today that Shane McMahon is going to run Raw tonight uh, because Mr. McMahon, now Mr. McMahon, the character Mr. McMahon, has succumbed to social media pressure. That that Shane has received so much support on social media, Shane McMahon has just, uh, Mr. McMahon has just given Raw to Shane. Makes absolutely no sense storytelling-wise. I, I just, I don't get it. Um, now, net-net, if moving forward, and Shane having a different face uh, on, the, on the company, and, and do they tweak things, and we get a different Monday Night Raw... And six months from now, Raw is kicking ass, Monday in and Monday out. 
fine. I'll look at this wonky storytelling and be like, all right, all right, whatever. It was weird how they got here, but it's been much better. But right now, you know, April 2016, the biggest stipulation on WrestleMania that, that night was can Shane get control of Monday Night Raw? And he failed. He failed to get the job done, and then they just gave it to him anyway. They made the stipulation mean nothing. It's like, you know, The Undertaker, if, if the character was real, it'd be like, why the hell did I just do this? What the hell? You know, it just, it's just weird to me. So, again, if it becomes something positive, we'll see. Uh, the match was entertaining. Um, you know, Dave, I want you to talk about what it was like on, on TV, but I'll tell you, man, being there live, and I've never seen someone go off uh, – Top of a steel cage live to see a human body fall uh, from that distance was was pretty crazy. It was a crazy spot. You kind of figured Shane was going to do something wacky, um, but I thought the match was okay. And the storyline and storytelling going forward, coming out of that, has really made little to no sense. Well, I'll give you my take on on all of that. First off, I loved Shane's entrance when he brought his kids out. I thought that was really cool. And to be honest with you, I thought that the kids were going to be used a little more. Maybe they would have shot the camera to the kids sitting in the front row, kind of crying. Maybe, you know, that Shane's getting beat up. I, was, I wasn't hoping for that, but I, I kind of had that feeling that it was, there was a possibility they were going to use the kids in the storytelling of that match. Um, the one thing that bothered me more than anything was the fact that for weeks, leading up to it, they were trying to portray Shane McMahon on an equal level as The Undertaker to, 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 to give fans not only someone to cheer for, but to almost try to make you believe that he, he really had a shot. And the only way I felt that his character had a shot at beating Undertaker was if he had help from somebody. And I really felt like they dropped the ball in that sense, that they didn't have a run-in of some kind, somebody to, to try and help Shane McMahon beat the undertaker you make undertaker out to be this mythical figure inside his home the devil's playground hell in the cell and shane mcmahon is you know not a wrestler but a very athletic individual and that that will throw his throw his body at just about anything and you try to make him out to be an equal to undertaker i could i had a hard time buying that unless he had someone helping him and they didn't do that and that kind of bothered me was it cool to watch the spot? Yeah, we all got the big, big living room pop, you know, or should I say finished basement pop um, at, at my house when we watched, watched the match. If you go back and you watch the match, they actually had crash pads that Hollywood stuntmen use underneath that table when he hit. Um, you, 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 you'll, you'll clearly see it. Um, and there was another thing, too, Ken. You'll, you'll totally rip this apart when you watch it. But Michael Cole is reading off of his notes. Um, a line d- during that spot. Shane falls, hits the elbow, drop, misses, and all of a sudden you see Michael Cole look at his paper and go, for the love of mankind, Shane McMahon fell off the top of the helmet. So, and the camera is like clear as day right in front watching Michael Cole read it off this, off, off this piece of paper that he had. I thought the, I thought the, the, in, in, in that particular moment the camera work was kind of shoddy. But other than that, I guess you could say the match was entertaining. Like I said, I just had a hard time believing that just Shane McMahon all on his own was good enough to beat Undertaker. And that bothered me because I really thought that they could have changed direction and, and, and done something a little different, maybe adding somebody into that match as like a as like a run and, you know, some, some, something, you know what I mean? That bothered me quite a bit, but the next night I just didn't understand why Vince kind of gave it to him. I understand from a behind-the-scenes standpoint, they were trying to appease that audience because we all know how that audience gets the night after Monday Night Raw. They're pretty wacky. You've been, you were there Monday night. I've been to a few of those Raws the night after WrestleMania. It, it, that whole show was pretty much appeasing the Internet. That was, that was the Internet's Raw. It, it, it's what I'd like to call it. And that's what they did by putting Shane in this position. But Vince's logic for doing it, I just thought it was kind of weird. Like, it would have been more believable for me if Vince – said, well, you know what, they, my, my son kind of gave it all he got. You know, he, he really took it to Undertaker. And, you know, the authority, my daughter and my son-in-law, I'm very disappointed in how they've run things and they lost the title. So what the hell, 
Let's give him an opportunity to see what he's got, you know, just for tonight. If they kind of went in that direction. But instead, Vince just walked up and was like, yep, here you go. It's all yours. After he had disowned him like three weeks before and and didn't even consider him his son. And, you know, you know what I mean? I just thought that that the whole setup for it was just kind of weird. Hopefully moving forward, um, it's a little different. I hear a rumor that Shane might be running Raw and the authority might be running SmackDown. It won't exactly be a brand split, but it might lead to Shane versus Triple H for total control at, like, SummerSlam. That's the rumor I'm hearing. But that's it's still early, um, and that's if they're even – if, you know, Shane McMahon is seriously coming back to WWE for an on-screen role. I don't know how long this is supposed to go. So, um, hopefully, because of his character's presence on the show, it will lead to – some surprises, some stuff we haven't seen before, um, some better matches, maybe some fresh faces and different, you know, storylines, and we'll take it from there. But I just thought thought that from the beginning to Monday night, the setup and and everything was just kind of, eh. Like I said, I popped for the spot. The match was okay. I thought it needed more. Um, I'm sure, you know, you being in that stadium with 100,000 people, you could hardly hear yourself after he jumped off that cage. So, um it was an okay. It was an okay match for me. I wasn't like I said. I was disappointed in that too, in, in how that all came about. Yeah, and you bring up like a, a lot of really good points. I mean, the whole idea of it. I mean, not only not only do you have a wrestler, but you have an all time great, an all time great wrestler against. All right, as much as we've seen him do some crazy stuff, character wise, a civilian. So you have a wrestler versus a, civil, a civilian. That's number one. So right off the bat, you know, it's like, all right, you know, the, the odds are incredibly in, in the Undertaker's favor. Now, what they do is they take the Undertaker, who's already got the odds in his favor, and again, storytelling-wise, they put the match in a hell in a cell, which Undertaker's exponentially better than everyone, every other wrestler in this, in a hell in a cell. That's his playground. That's his yard. And they put him against a civilian in the hell in a cell. So an all-time great in his backyard, so to speak, against a non-wrestler, 100% right, Dave. If, if It doesn't make any sense, storytelling, that, I mean, you would think that sort of setup, it just should have been a squash. It literally should have been a, a a thirty second squash and Shane shouldn't have had any chance and and to kind of like your storytelling to uh, rather than you know maybe have some storytelling that you never know what's going to happen or you know Shane coming out and saying I have some allies remember this is an ODQ match but something where uh, the storytelling was more of I may be an underdog. I, I may not hold a candle to you, but I have some tricks up my sleeve, as opposed to the storytelling being The Undertaker and Shane McMahon are equals uh, going into the hell in the cell. And that's, uh, that, that's, that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Um, so as much as, you know, if you can pull yourself away from the psychology and say, all right, I was entertained at times, and, uh, you know, the spot definitely got that, that pop, um, but there was a lot about it that, that didn't make a lot of sense. So um, we'll see. Again, six months down the road, if Raw is kicking ass, we're going to look back on this and say, all right, you know what? It was uh, kind of an odd way to get here, but they switched gears a bit, and this is working out. So we'll see how Raw evolves over time. And I guess we, we may be looking at the Shane McMahon era of Monday Night Raw. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Let's go out to the phones. We've got Mr. Trivia on the line. Trivia, how you doing tonight? Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing all right. What did you think of Mania this year? Well, it was better than I thought it would be. I mean, I thought uh, I thought one of the best matches on the card was the Divas match. And uh, before I get into that, I'm probably not going to be on the air for another couple of weeks. I just want to wish Dave and Nicole um, many, many years of wedded bliss. You guys are two great people, and uh, I wish you all the best of luck. And, um, Thank you very much. That's very nice of you. Thank you. 
Uh, Ken, first of all, thank you for calling in uh, from Dallas. I'm sure that you were, like, real busy, but you took time out of your schedule to call us. And uh, I didn't think it was really that bad. I mean, a lot of people that I talked to were like, well, you know, it sucks and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, you know, I didn't think the WrestleMania was really that bad. I mean, I agreed with everything, you know, that you guys said. You know, Dave was talking about Brock Lesnar, this, that, and the other. And I'm telling people, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think there's a man in the WWE that can beat Brock Lesnar. And it's, as far as the picks go, I mean, you know, for our show, when we did our uh, pre-show, we had me, Greg, and a couple other people going over our picks and everything. And, you know, fortunately for me, I got uh, four of them right. So that uh, that was one of my best. And uh, But I just thought that it really wasn't too bad. The Shane Undertaker thing, I really wasn't too interested in that. I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but when Shane first came out on his first night, didn't Vince say to Shane, I'll give you what you want, but you have to have one match, one night? He didn't, on that night, he did not say you have to beat The Undertaker. I mean, I could be wrong, but I thought that he said, I'll give you what you want as long as you have one match one night. He had that match. I mean, you know, that that could be splitting hairs a little bit because I'm pretty sure he said it the following week. But uh, You may have a good point there. I just – thank you. I just thought that um, I think Shane running raw could be a, a, a good idea. I'd like to see it. Hopefully we can get more uh, more interest from the fans because, you know, WWE's ratings have uh, dropped in the past uh, year or so, a couple months, a year or so. But, uh, you know, what you guys said about Shane and Stephanie uh, running SmackDown possibly and Shane possibly running Raw. And, I mean, I'd like to see a brand split. I'd like to see him bring the draft back too. Um, but your thoughts on that? And I'll let you guys go and I'll uh, – Listen to what you got to say, guys. Have a great one, and uh, good luck to Michelle on Saturday. We hope you bring back the gold. Thanks, Jerry. Good stuff as always. Talk to you soon. And there you have Mr. Trivia. I think Mr. Trivia, um, you know, it's, it's interesting, but, like, I never thought of that. Um, you know, now the thing is, again, getting back to last week's Monday Night Raw, if that was the case, I want to go back and watch, you know, the the uh, the challenge kind of thing, but like I'm thinking about it in my mind's eye, like Vince may have very well said you need to have one match, but didn't necessarily say you had to win said match, um, which could be just a mistake. Again, like Mr. Trivia said, could be splitting hairs, or maybe that will, uh, you know, wind up being something here. But that was uh, an interesting point that, that I, I didn't think of, Dave. You know what? He might be right, honestly. I mean, when it, when it was first announced, you know, I'll give you what you want, but you got to wrestle Undertaker. I don't remember hearing him say anything about beating Undertaker. I mean, I could be wrong. Like you can go back and 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 in the archives, and maybe it was maybe it was explained. To me, it came across like, well, my kid's got no shot because. He's going to get destroyed by the Undertaker. Like I don't even think Vince's character had a worry that Shane had a chance at winning because in his mind he didn't. So maybe he didn't even. Maybe his character didn't even feel the need to say, "Well, if you win, you get control." You know what I mean? It's more like if you survive, I'll give you control of Raw. I don't know. I just. I mean, he he could possibly be right about that, Mister Trivia. I mean. That's a, that's a great point that a lot of people I've not heard anybody say anything like that in the past week. So I mean, it's it's, it's very possible. Yeah, it, uh, and the only thing with with that that I, I find uh, intriguing, and I don't know, you know, if that's the case really, but if then then Vince should have said something last week, and that should have been they they should have worked something out last week where. You know, I said you needed to have one match, and and you showed yourself in one match, so you got raw. So uh, interesting, interesting stuff, yeah. Mr. Trivia. It's uh, I'm gonna have to go back and and watch the footage and uh, see what exactly was said during that. But uh, you know, maybe that's gonna be kind of a loophole, and uh, Shane's gonna wind up remaining in control of Monday Night Raw. Uh, intriguing stuff. Uh, 
Wow, I'm like, it, Mr. Trivia, just, just thought-provoking. I, I didn't, you know, uh, I wonder if that's going to wind up being the reason why uh, Shane stays on. But uh, let's get into some of the matches. We talked a little bit in our pre-show match, and again, getting back to WrestleMania. Um, I don't know, like, for, you know, and that was a couple of us uh, that were watching the, the ladies' match. I know a lot of people liked it. Um, I thought it was good. I wasn't incredibly enthralled by it. Um, it, it seemed like there was a lot of mistimed spots uh, in in the match on occasions. Um, I thought at times that they were trying to throw too much into uh, the match. Um, I, you know, sometimes I feel like the WWE with, with their ladies, that they've gone from uh, just being eye candy to on some levels maybe overdoing the, the spots and, and the uh, crazy moves, and maybe there's a happy medium somewhere. Um, I will say, like, it, it's it's a better Divas match than we've seen. Um, I like the direction. The, I'm sorry, I'm saying Divas. I like the direction the women are going in. Um, I like the new belt. Uh, I like the equality that's being shown. I wasn't blown away by the ladies' match uh, as much as everyone. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I just thought, you know, on, on a few occasions, I felt like they were stutter-stepping into spots, um, and it just came off, to me, uh, as, as a little choreographed. But again, I don't think it, it was horrible. Um, I'm just not as enamored by it as uh, I, seemingly the rest of, of wrestling fans are. Your thoughts on the ladies? I thought it was a great match. Um, I do see a couple of your points about some of the mistiming and some of the spots and maybe throwing a little too much out there. I get it, but at the same time, I thought what was great about it is that it broke ground for the women, especially on WrestleMania. They were one of the, the, the top four main events of WrestleMania, one of the, the highlight, the headlining matches. Uh, I mean, the, the girls' likeness was on the side of the stadium, uh, which shows what they really think of the girls. They gave it time. Um, the presentation of the belt, I thought that was pretty cool that they added it in at the last minute, although I thought that looking back on it, maybe this should have been something that they did in the buildup heading into WrestleMania instead of making it a last-minute choice that we're going to retire the Divas belt and bring back the Women's Championship. Um, but overall, I thought, you know, because they gave them so much time and these girls know each other so well that I thought it was, a, a, it was probably the best women's wrestling match at a WrestleMania in my opinion. And I felt that because they got so much time, they, uh, I liked it. I really did. I thought, you know, I, you said earlier about maybe they kind of threw too much in there. I thought that kind of made sense that they threw everything out there because this was a groundbreaking moment for the women. These girls came up from NXT and they were headlining WrestleMania um, and really trying to push this women's division forward as something that's not just, a side piece or an attraction that it could be a centerpiece of the product. And I don't know. I just, I thought, I thought it was overall, I really thought it was a really good women's wrestling match. I like that they have kind of changed the direction of, of, of the girls. Um, I mean, we talked about it a few weeks ago when we were talking about the roadblock special, but it looks like now they're setting up Charlotte and uh, Natalia, you know, for, for, for a run with the championship. And, I think because they're treating them as women's wrestlers, as, now they want, to, they want to call them superstars, that they're going to take Natalia more seriously because of her in-ring work and because of this is what people want to see out of women's wrestling. So I thought Sunday night and the, and the women's match really catapulted the, the, the division into bigger and better things for them. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was pleased with the outcome and, and the importance of it, like, Charlotte winning and the fireworks and, and, and you know, the, the new belt, getting the new title. And it, I mean, the belt looked pretty sharp, I'll say. I, overall, I just thought it was, it was done pretty well. I mean, you'll have to go back and watch it, but it, it was done pretty well. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely going to have to go back and, and watch it. Like I said, I, I think I'm kind of in the minority, but uh, that was my impressions of it. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Let's go back out to the phones. Uh, we got Rockies on the line. Rocky, how are you doing this evening? Doing fine, Ken. What about you guys? Doing all right in our abbreviated version of the show. Uh, recap and talking about some of the things at, at WrestleMania. Uh, your thoughts on the card? We've hit uh, 
the ladies match, the championship match, Taker uh, and Shane. So, and if you want to hit any other matches, uh, give it to us. Your thoughts on Mania? Uh, well, uh, as a whole, I got to say I definitely enjoyed Mania. Um, while there are definitely those out there that can knock a few things uh, legitimately, I still think on the whole it was a good show. Um, I have to go with uh, with Dave's assessment as far as the ladies' match is concerned. I think, you know, being it, it was what it was, they kind of had to throw everything in the kitchen sink into it. And while in other uh, in other events in another context, they, that may be a detriment. You know, in this case, WrestleMania, you pull out all the stops you can. Uh, that being said, another moment that I really enjoyed, I don't know if you guys covered it. I kind of joined the joined listening you guys late today. But uh, I don't know if you covered the uh, the Intercontinental Scramble and uh, Zack Ryder pulling it off. I thought that was a great moment. You know, it was kind of one of those from out of nowhere – Wow, this is cool. This guy deserves it. Type moment. And I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't hit on that, and you're right. Uh, and I'd be remiss not to. I mean, I don't know about you, Dave, but there's I had a borderline like lump in my throat. Like I actually, you know, seeing Zack Ryder pull that belt down, and he looked genuinely emotional. And as far as like those, like as, as far as in ring, uh, that WrestleMania moment. Um, that was one of the best for me. A guy, long-standing career, and uh, a guy. I wish he he held on to it a little bit longer. But uh, I thought, as far as like you know that 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 great moment, um, that that was cool. It was just cool to see Zack Ryder have that uh, WrestleMania moment, celebrate with his dad. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, what did you think of Zack Ryder, Dave? I thought it was a cool moment. I really did. I thought the match was good. Um, you know, some of the stuff in the match, like when Cody brought the, the polka dot ladder out and, and tribute to Dusty and, you know, some of the spots in there were pretty in, in, insane and intense. Um, it's, it's hard to top ladder matches these days, but I wouldn't say that's one of the best ladder matches I've ever seen, but with the amount of talent in there, it worked well. And the, the spot with Ryder, I thought it was cool. Like, uh, you know, for me, I didn't get that lump in the throat, but I was very happy for him. Cause look, if you think about it, this is a guy that was, that was, basically seen as a mechanic on the card for WWE for a long time. He almost lost his job if it wasn't for the popularity of that internet show, that YouTube channel that he, that he did uh, with the, uh, I forget what it was called, the Long Island True Story or something like that. And he, he basically created this character on his own without WWE and their approval, and they had no choice but to embrace it. And I think that's one of the reasons why he still has a job. And even though they haven't used him, um, to to his fan base's liking since then, I think this was their way of saying thank you for working hard and sticking around, and, and especially with all the injuries that we've had, this is why you're getting this moment right now. Even though it was short-lived, it was still a pretty cool moment to see. Everyone's not going to remember what happened on Monday Night Raw last week. They're going to remember what happened at WrestleMania, and that was him winning the Intercontinental title. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of disappointing seeing the rug get pulled out from under him. But uh, as far as WrestleMania moments go, I think that was a good one. And, uh, you know, as far as the rest of the show, you know, a couple of – I'm sure you guys covered the, the, the big ones. A couple of matches that fell flat for me was Brock, uh, Brock Ambrose. I thought they could have did – they could have went a lot farther with that one. And uh, – Really, the, the the ending to the ending to the main event, Triple H versus uh, Roman, it was it was going to be a real tough sell to have Roman just beat Triple H clean and have the fans go for it. So I did expect something else to happen, but it that just kind of fell flat. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it just I felt like they, they needed to do something. I mean, even Jim Ross came on and uh, – I came on like he came on my show. No, I, I, he uh, he stated that, like, you know, it's time. You know, you need to listen to the crowd and, and turn Reigns heel. And, uh, you know, that's the problem, I, you know, a lot of times with wrestling and, you know, especially a main event, like when you see certain things and, uh, you know, it raises expectations. And I think a lot of us kind of thought that, something was going to happen in that main event that whether it was 
uh, rains turning heel or something else big that um, something big was going to happen. It just didn't. And the crowd reacted basically exactly uh, how uh, you would think they reacted. I mean, there was some applause for rains, but, um, you know, I mean, I, I would, you know, I think being, you know, trying to be honest, I mean, I think at most you're going with a, at best, like an 85, 15% split as far as people who are cheering versus people who are booing. So um, the 15 being the ones who are cheering. So as, as the top face in the company, um, I don't know if that's necessarily where you want to be at. Um, but who knows? Maybe it's the start of something and maybe they're going to build into something else because booking him now to wrestle AJ, oh, there ain't no way these crowds are going to be applauding Roman Reigns. I mean, so he's going to be... As far as crowd reaction, he's going to be in that heel role, uh, wrestling AJ Styles. Uh, it should be interesting to see if, in fact, at some point they decide to change his character around, um, or they just kind of keep him as this uh, baby face that gets booed kind of vibe. Uh, you know, I don't know if that necessarily works, but uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, one last question: I know Rocky, you were there live, and it was your your first time ever being there live. Uh, and last impressions, as far as you know, the uh, the the size and scope, and just uh, being a lifelong fan, what it was like being there uh, live for the first time. Uh, I, I have to say it was definitely a, a, a special moment. Uh, I've, I've been to other WWE events, but nothing of this scope and magnitude. It was, it was truly a pleasure to behold. And while I've always enjoyed watching WrestleMania on TV, you know, on a big screen, it definitely does not compare to being there live. I, I was thrilled with the experience. Very cool. Good stuff, Rock. Thanks for giving us a call. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, guys. Take it easy. Yeah, it was amazing also. I mean, your first WrestleMania, and it's, uh, there's like 100,000 people. And I'm still going with 100,000. I know people are saying it wasn't quite 100,000, but uh, it's close enough to me. I mean, you're sitting in that stadium, which is unbelievable. And I'll tell you, man, you know, it's fun going to WrestleMania, and I, I'm a wrestling fan. Um but, uh, you know, I do – one of the things I love about WrestleMania is uh, I love visiting stadiums. I love seeing especially these new stadiums. And, you know, when, when you know, they announce what the, the city is for next year's WrestleMania, it's like, ooh, I get to see another stadium. And past two years, Levi Stadium out in San Jose and now seeing, uh, you know, AT&T, Jerry's World uh, in Dallas, that stadium is unbelievable. It really is unbelievable what, what they did out there and what they're doing with uh, these new stadiums. So uh, size and scope, man, of WrestleMania, it's just it's just crazy how uh, big it's gotten. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. we got about six minutes left. Left. Good luck to us because we're going to Mikey, who's out there on the line. Mikey, how are you doing this evening? Uh-huh. Hey, guys, what's going on? How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing all right. How are you? Your impressions on WrestleMania? It was really good, uh, and uh, and uh, Vincent Man said when he called out his uh, his uh, Undertaker, he said the only reason why he'd be standing in the ring the night after WrestleMania, introducing Shane as the as the you know to give Shane Raw, is if Shane beat the Undertaker. Oh, so he did say that. Okay. Yes, he said it, but he said it the uh, he said it at the. Uh, he said it at the night that he uh, called out the under the Undertaker and the Undertaker uh, choked him. Uh, okay, thanks for clarification there. Of course, no problem. But you know what? It makes no sense because it's like let's just say let's just say for instance, okay, Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair, okay, and Ric Flair's career is on the line, okay, and Shawn Michaels beats Flair. But now Flair doesn't retire. It doesn't make any sense. I, I agree with you. I, I think you know they 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 did something, and, and you know it's 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 a precedent that to me you don't want to start, especially at a WrestleMania. I mean, the, to me, the biggest storyline, the biggest stipulation, really, in, in all honesty, you know, bigger because you're talking about control of the company. So on a lot of levels, storytelling wise, you can say it's even bigger than the championship. 
the biggest stipulation was, will Shane McMahon be able in some way, shape, or form to beat The Undertaker so he can take control of Monday Night Raw, and he fails, but then gets it anyway. And doesn't do anything to, like, earn it. Just Vince, like, after, like, basically disowning his son and saying he hates him and everything else, was like, ah, yeah, no, what the hell, here you go, here's Raw. And it just was kind of weird that it just, all the importance of that match were just thrown out the window uh, on last week's Raw. So it, it's kind of wonky storytelling at best. You're right, Mike. Uh, and also, I was shocked that AJ Styles didn't win because Jericho is synonymous with putting uh, people, you know, the new guys over at WrestleMania. So I'm shocked. Uh, I'm shocked that he didn't uh, do that. Uh, you know, the AJ Styles lost. But you know what? Now it's funny because now AJ Styles is in the running already for a title match, and I think that's ridiculous. I don't think he should be right now. I I think his uh, his career is young for WWE. It's an interesting point, Mike, and, and I did think that, you know, this could go one of two ways with AJ Styles. I mean, and AJ Styles, you know, as great as he is in the ring, um, you know, character-wise, to me, he's been inconsistent at best over the course of his career. His mic work is not his strong suit. He's a guy who can get over with his work rate. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't ease him in. You don't put him in contention for a one of the secondary titles, you know, you know, you go be going after the U.S. the IC title. They throw him right into uh, the heavyweight title picture. Um, I'm curious where they're going to go with this, but you're right. You know, here's a guy who really hasn't done much in his WWE career, uh, doesn't have the best win-loss record, and gets put into a number one contendership match after losing at Mania, and now he's the number one contender. Again, it's storytelling. doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. And uh, by the way, Tyler Breeze is, 40, is 0 for 49. <laughs> is he really? 49 losses, yes, he is. Well, that's, that's uh, I don't know. I think the uh, Tyler Breeze experiment is, uh, I don't know, it might be coming to an end soon. <laughs> I think he might be working at Target pretty soon with Shane Douglas. <laughs> um, anyway, Mikey, good stuff as always. We're up against it. About two minutes left. Enjoy no Monday problem. Night Raw. Tomorrow night, the grapes. I'm gonna plug. I'm gonna plug Smith Hart's Grapevine tomorrow night. It's gonna be on Blog Talk at eight o'clock, and I'm gonna be uh, working the board for a good old Smith Hart, and I'm excited because I hear he's going to have a good guest um, from the 90s Attitude Era. So stay tuned for that, guys. Very cool. Thanks a lot. Good luck with that, and we'll talk to you next week, Mikey. You got it. Bye-bye, guys. Take it easy, brother. And there you have it. Yeah, I mean, Dave, your thoughts on – I mean, it's just kind of – again, I get it, and he's AJ Styles, and he's a big name in wrestling, but, you know, how they've gotten him – how they booked him, and then all of a sudden he's the number one contender – it's a little odd. I don't have an. I'll be quick with this. I don't have an issue with it. I think the reason why he's in this position now is to help legitimize Reigns' championship run going forward because they're going to go long term with him. And I think in order to gain a little more respect from the audience for for Roman Reigns, I think they're putting him up against guys that have a better work rate than Roman Reigns, internet darlings, so to speak. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw. Reigns working, you know, not not only AJ Styles, but guys like Cesaro, Kevin Owens, maybe even Sami Zayn at some point might get like a title shot. They might do like an underdog thing. I think this is based on a work rate standpoint and to have the fans respect Reigns in this title reign to make it more legitimate because the past two title reigns haven't really had any substance in ring wise. It's been storyline from a pure storyline standpoint. I think this is I think this is done to help Reigns. I don't see Styles winning, but I think we're going to see some some good matches out of these two moving forward. So this is really, I think, to to help Reigns overall in this championship run. Which begs the question: if if this is to help Reigns, where does AJ Styles go from this? And and we hope that uh, he's booked successfully coming out of this feud. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. I know it was an abbreviated version. Enjoy Raw. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Kane Reedy Show for the Raw chat. We'll be back for 90 next week. For Dave, I am Ken. 
Good night, everybody.